And welcome to Goldbridge Saves Football podcast. It's finally landed like Lukaku's first touch in Sainsbury's car park. The Goldbridge podcast is here. What's it all about? Well, debate is everywhere and we're going to debate everything about football and definitively solve it. Whether it's bad pundits, bad opinions or more importantly, the things that bother you because we want you involved as well. We're going to be talking three or four big topics every week. We've got a brilliant, brilliant quiz, which is going to be towards the end of the podcast, which is completely unique. And I'm also joined by my sidekick, sidekick Will. Will Brazier, how are you? Good to be here. Absolutely ecstatic. We've got so much to chat about, but we want you to get involved as well. We want to save football from everyone, everything. If your mate's got a bad opinion, get in touch with us on our community post on YouTube. Just, you know, send in the owls if you need to. We want to hear your opinions and Mark wants to solve them. Exactly. If you think football's too expensive, get in touch. If you think football's gone mad by adding 10 minutes onto each half, get in touch. If your wife's left you and you're feeling lonely, get in touch. We will solve it all because we've got a section later on, which I'm looking forward to, Will, Agony Bridge. Nice, yeah. It's not Will trying out various torturous implements on me each week. I can do that. Some would like that. Yes. Some would probably pay to watch it. Yes. In a kinky way. And in a joyful way. But it's not that. It's you putting your comments in. And we'll open things up over the weeks. We've got Discord. We've got a community tab on YouTube. But we're going to fly straight into this, Will. Yeah. Um, We're here to solve football, definitively. And I saw something this week which was absolutely fantastic. In the words of Gary Barlow, (laughs) it was absolutely incredible, Mark. Who will win the league first? Go on. Arsenal. Or Newcastle. So I'm going to bring this into our either-or section, which I know you've got a few for me. But who's going to win the league first? Arsenal or Newcastle? Not just this season, could be in the next 10 years. Who is going to win the league first between these two? Because I think it's a brilliant topic to solve. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Glad you picked it. I think for me, it's got to be Newcastle United. Because at the end of that sentence there, you said the 10 years. Mm. And as long as we've got Pep and Man City... I mean, that's a juggernaut that's going to be hard to stop. So when you look further down the line, who's going to be there? Who are going to be the runners and riders that are still seated on the horse heading towards that Premier League finish line? And that will probably be Newcastle. They're in the Man City phase at the moment. Eddie Howe, probably like the Mark Hughes of the time where we've got him. He's got Champions League football. It's fantastic. But where are we looking next? We're looking to our Mancini's. And then that's when it gets really exciting for Newcastle. Do you think that Newcastle could win a league title with Eddie Howe? Or do you think they've got to get rid of Eddie Howe to do that? I really, 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 really like Eddie Howe. I think he gets so much... That's not what I asked. So much bad press, though, because the job he did at Bournemouth, I think, is so underrated still. People were a bit dismissive of that. You can't win a league with Bournemouth. No, I think... Will he win it while he's... I'm just going to do this all through the show. Just little little sound bites. You can't win a league with Bournemouth. It sounds like you're pressing a button. Don't Um, eat yellow snow. That's all, yeah. Also good to keep. I think... Eddie Howe will not be there by the end of the season. Yes. So therefore, he can't win the league with Newcastle. No, I don't think he will. But I I would love him to do that. Still haven't had an Englishman win the Premier League. No, you're right. (laughs) I tried to think about somebody, but I didn't need to. But no, so you... So this this is a little bit like, so we're talking who would win the league first, Newcastle or Arsenal. Now, I famously said at the end of last season that I think Wrexham will win the league before Spurs. I yep. stand by it, but we're talking that. Newcastle against Arsenal. Who will win the league first? I'm sure we're going to get a lot of people shouting at their podcast or getting in the comments below about this. But 
I suppose it's a little bit what you're saying, Will, is yeah, I, I don't want to put words into your mouth. But, put anything in my mouth. But no. And you're saying that realistically, Arsenal may be very close to winning the title, but yeah. they're banging their head against the brick wall. Yeah. And Newcastle might be a mile away from that wall, yeah. but they're coming with a nuclear missile and they're going to blast through when they get there. Yeah, well, it's a wall that Arteta's helped build and now he's almost on the other side of the wall going, let me in. Why the hell have I built this? I've caused my own problems Pet, here. Let me in. Please, please, can I no, come back? No, I'm happy for you to watch, but you're not getting involved. There's a lot of like, watching sort of sexual things coming from you today. Is that is that, uh, I mean? that That's completely coming from you. Um, I'm going to come at this from a different angle. I actually think Arsenal will win the league before Newcastle. Do you really? Yeah, because what I'm basically aiming this on is that we're talking about right here right now and I think that in relation to this season Arsenal got close last year well done you didn't win it but you, I am genuinely saying well done I think this season you are the second favourites and if any if Man, if Man, Man City Man City have got to Man City have got to keep got, there's no room for error if Man City slip no, up no. someone's going to walk yeah. in and I think where we are at the moment and probably for the next two years, maybe the next three, but certainly the next two years, I think Arsenal are the best shaped, constructed team to take advantage of Manchester City's slip. Now, you're right, they might not slip, but I think that if I had to choose between Arsenal and Newcastle, I think you're right. In five, ten years' time, Newcastle probably are going to be a lot stronger than they are. I don't think Eddie Howe will be there, I agree. They will start buying better and better players. We've seen the Man City model. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards the facts. I just feel at some point Man City are gonna slip, and I think Arsenal are more likely to be there than Newcastle in the immediate future. How long? I think the whole of this question is caveated by how long do you think Pep will be at Manchester City for? Um, yeah. What's the what's his contract? Twenty twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he I think he probably sees the contract and goes, which would which would time itself very well with Newcastle. But then you know, ultimately as well, let's not forget if Man United get bought by Qatar. And you know Spurs or Liverpool get bought by rich owners as well. That Newcastle threat yeah. becomes diluted even more. I just think that I've always said this about Arsenal and Arteta. I can see what he's doing, and look, I mean, I never thought that I'd see an Arsenal side spending 100 million pounds on Declan Rice, and they've done it. And people have just gone, "Oh, that's Arsenal." It's a great point, though. Um, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to say, I'm going to. Well, it's Goldbridge saves football, and I'm going to say, Arsenal will win a Premier League title before Newcastle. But surely, with the amount of resource that Newcastle have and with Pep there, you that's just not going to happen, Mark. Will, this man's not for changing. Goldbridge saves football. Arsenal are going to win the league before Newcastle. Done. Done. Nail in coffin. Throw it, throw it away. Mark, you put the definitive answer to that question, Newcastle-Arsenal, but I've got some other either-or, some big topics that we need solving before the season starts. Kane or Haaland? Who would you want at Manchester United? Good question, Will. Uh, you've done your research. I'm going to be controversial on this one, yeah. and I'm going to say Harry Kane because... Ooh, he's, he's fell back in his chair. I'm going to say Harry Kane because there's no doubt that Erling Haaland is a fantastic footballer, but he, but he suits a team that creates fantastic opportunities. And I think as a number nine at Manchester United, you haven't got Bernardo Silva, Mares, neither Man City anymore, uh, Grealish and Foden. You've got Rashford and Anthony who are quite selfish in the sense they want to shoot. So I think uh, a, number, a number nine that can create and drop deep is Harry Kane and he can still score 28 goals in a Spurs side that's not very good. I think he deserves a medal. I'd go Kane. Okay, double that. I'd have Haaland. What, Kane 28, I know it was a bad Spurs side, but Haaland came into the Premier League 
for the first time, broke all records, did it? Premier League, Champions League. Maybe there's a bit of Man City bias here on Tapping your side. Merchant. Come on now. You're being, you're being, you're being facetious. Goal you, you would have Erling Haaland at Manchester. Is it a bit personal because of he was linked at the time? Ollie didn't sign him. Will, or shall I call you William? This is my decision. It's Harry Kane for the decision for the reasons I've said. The lady's not for turning. Let's move on to goalkeepers, Allison or Edison. Oh, easy. Who, yeah. who would you go first? I'd go Edison. <sighs> oh, why? Um, just think he's a better on the ball and that's the way it's moving I mean listening to the United stand over the last six months it's all about a goalkeeper being able to play out from the back and I think Edison is better than Alisson than that you know what I think this is a topic in itself for future shows but I I, I do uh, I do think it needs to be on the agenda at some point for Goldbridge Saves Football uh, but we'll get some of your opinions on this on future weeks what's gone wrong with goalkeeping at what point did we start to um, you know champion passing the ball more than saving a goalkeeper's job is to stop the ball going in the back of the net. However, despite what I just said, I do like a ball-playing goalkeeper and the best goalkeeper and best ball-playing goalkeeper as a combination, I'm putting my hands together here, fusion yeah. is Alisson by a long way. And I hate to say it because I don't like Liverpool, but Alisson to me is the best goalkeeper in the world. That's the nail in that coffin. Van Dijk or Diaz? Oh, well, I, I think Van Dijk's overhyped in the sense that he's not been very good for a year or so. But I think Diaz is even more overhyped. He's not even the third centre-back. He is the third best centre-back at Man City. I've just contradicted myself there. Uh, John Stones is better than him. And I would argue that you could make a case for Akanji being better than Diaz as well. He's either massively overrated or he's massively underrated. And I think he's massively overrated, Diaz. So I... But Van Dijk had a bad season last year. Who would I want? To be honest with you... Right here, right now, I probably would take Diaz over Van Dijk. But if Van Dijk could get back to his best, I think his head and shoulders are better. That's what I want. That that season Van Dijk had when he was part of the next the, the Joe Gomez and and they had that run up until he got injured. I mean, absolute the the impact he had on that team and that back four was just just brought so much to it. So if he can get back to that level, which he could still do, I'm gonna go Van Dijk as well. Yeah, I think if I think the way to solve this is at their best. Who's the best? And it's Van Dyke by a long way. Yeah. Uh, finally on this one, Saka or Rashford? But I don't feel like I have to ask you that. Well, it's a tough one because I love Marcus Rashford, and but I really respect Saka. And I, I look at Saka when he came back from that penalty miss and Rashford. And the season he had after that was so mature, um, so consistent. And I think he's such a massive part of Arsenal who have gone on to basically fight for titles. And then Marcus Rashford, I, I mean, one of my favourite players at Manchester United. And um, you know what? This is really controversial because if it wasn't red-tinted glasses, and I will admit it's red-tinted glasses. This is that's football. This is that's football. This is Goldbridge Shaves football. If I'm not a Man United fan, and I am, Good to get that don't, don't start laughing. <laughs> Clip that. Um, I'm going to go, I will say Rashford, but you know what? Every part of logically... There's something about Saka that is relentlessly consistent team player. I think, look, if Saka was at Man United, I'd go Saka. Let's yeah. put it that way. I'm going to go Saka on that. Yeah. But for all and, and in no way am I dismissing Marcus Rashford. I just think Saka's overall game and consistency is remarkable. Opinions are rife at this time of the season, Mark. The season is just upon us and a lot of people are talking transfers. We do it every Monday on That's Football. But we wanted to ask you as well, this opinion 
can go any which way. But who is going to be the biggest signing in the Premier League transfer window? Not for fee, but for impact. So we've had a lot of people getting in touch. Oh, I'm interested in uh, this. Matthew8935. Have you got a, user, a hidden username with some digits at the end of it? I have, but I don't let people know because they think they block me and then they don't. Well, we're going to find that one day. Um, he's talking about Uncuku. Now, this is before the injury news just come out. So yeah. maybe that ties into it. Yeah. Where, do you think he's not a busted flush, but... Well, I had a few people on my list. I had uh, Nkunku was definitely on there, so I think that's a good call. I don't know whether anyone's put Vardial in there. I think he's an, an outsider as well. All the ch- all the chat with Chelsea at the moment, we were chatting for, with Fabrizio yesterday, is still like we feel Chelsea need a number nine. I like the name drop there. Yeah. Will was chatting with Fabrizio. I was chatting with my main man, Fab. I have breakfast with Fabrizio. My main man, Fab Ron. That doesn't mean any... I've, I can honestly say we, I haven't woken up with Fabrizio, but we've had breakfast together. Well, we haven't even had breakfast. That's how you get your, all the deals through the door, the main sources, if you spend a night with him. Yeah, I'm not in for all of that. Fine if you were. Uh, Joel uh, Joel7732, I don't think I'm going to call you out unless you have a uh, digits at the end of the name, says Onana or Raya if he ends up at Arsenal. Yeah, I think that um, Anana's got a great chance. He was on my list as well. Uh, I've actually put Rasmus Hoyland in there. Uh, I don't know about Raya. I, I do think Raya will end up being Arsenal's number one goalkeeper. I think that's logical. So, it, it's, the more it's happening, the more it makes sense to me because I really feel that Arteta labels a lot of blame for Ramsdale for that period where the league was lost. Yeah, and, he's got a mistake in him. Yeah, and as much as you know, the, the, there was so much going on in that league title race, I think he labels that that what three week period where it was like Southampton on a Friday night and it was three three. He must think, especially with everything going on with like the hair. Where, where's the hair actually going to go? I don't know. Don't care. Um, I so, do care, David. You love him really, don't you? Come on the podcast. But no, I think you're right. I think that um, that, that, that the Arsenal fans who think that he's not bringing him in to fight for the first place and be number one is ridiculously naive. Another name I had on my shortlist as well, Alexi McAllister. Uh, to, to be fair, I think he, you know, very good player for Brighton. Liverpool's midfield is, you know, weak and he could be decent. So he was on my list as well as a potential signing of the summer. Another one that's come up, which I actually thought was very good value for money and very unlike this team to sign them, was James Madison. I think it was £40 million, pounds the, the deal that he got through. I mean, he looked like you've just seen a fresh turd. What's the matter with you? I'm not a fan of James Madison. Why? I think he's I think he's okay, but I don't. I mean, people talk about him like he's Bruno Fernandez or Kevin De Bruyne. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's, a, poor man, he's a poor man's Rob Lee. He's, a Jer- he's Jeremy Goss. I don't know who Jeremy Goss well, is. Well, look him up. He was he was a half decent attacking midfielder for so, Norwich. So far, you said Jeremy Goss, and you started the podcast with Gary Barlow references. So yeah, you're dating yourself a little bit. But no, Madison for 40 million into that Spurs side, yeah. that could be very exciting, though. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting one, but um, yeah, I don't think James Madison's going to be signing of the summer somehow. Uh, João Pedro to Brighton, if we're getting really niche. Bert Verbruggen. From uh, Brighton, goalkeeper could be a very interesting one. And we'll just finish off with, I think we've got to say this, Johnny Evans on a free to Manchester United could be... Are we doing flop of the season? Yeah, we're going to go on to flop, but Johnny Evans... Well, you're not saying Johnny Evans is going to be a flop at Manchester United. I wouldn't do... I, lo- I love Johnny Evans, Yeah, but no, I wouldn't sign him for Man United. Interesting. Flop so, of the season, who are you going for? Well, I haven't said who I'm going to go for signing of the season. Oh, sorry. Who, who, who do you think? Who do I think? I really like the Alexi McAllister signing to mm. Man- Liverpool because they really needed to spice up that midfield, bring some fresh legs... And everyone was talking about McAllister. If you want to get football man in nerdy with me, which I do on a daily basis, sometimes he goes for 80, 90, 100 million. So to get him for 30 million at that price, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think when you're looking at stuff like this, you've got to look at personality and not fee and not glamour. Go on. And I think if you look at last season, um, 
you know, obviously most people would say Erling Haaland and it probably was. Yeah. But I think when I look at it from a United point of view, um, Martinez, and he wasn't the most expensive or glamorous, but he just had that tiger in him. And yeah, that, he, was, that, he was injured for a third the, of the season. Well, exactly. And he still was probably our signing of the season. So um, I think I like the Alexi McAllister one. Um, uh, anything from Brighton is always a good shout. Uh, Even if you don't know who they are, just say, yeah. Uh, yeah. That Brighton midfielder, yeah. Yeah. generally. I think the goalie that you mentioned, yeah, very good. Jao Pedro, I think, could be good. And anyone else that they've signed. Sticking with goalkeepers, though, I am going to go Anana uh, because I think he's got, well, I know he's got the personality. It's a transformative thing. You mentioned David Rea at Arsenal, but, but Anana actually is going to be the goalkeeper for United. So I'm going to go Anana because it's such a, oh, it's also a high profile position. So it will be scrutinized massively. So it'll either be a failure or a massive success. And I'm saying Goldbridge seal of approval. Goldbridge saves football. So Andre you, Anana is going to be the signing of the season. And you've gone for a Manchester United goalie. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, let's move on to flop of the season. Many could say Anana in that category, um, judging on the performance against. Oh come on! What? I'm I'm just saying what social media. I'm I'm not here to give opinion, Mark. I'm just here to feed feed you. We all know social media is full of crap, is it? And most of my viewers, I want to retract that last statement. <laughs> it's full of brilliant, brilliant opinion and the occasional crap. Uh, it's a bit like. Um, uh, anyway, let's move on. We're going to go with. Well, I don't think you can go... Any, when you're talking about flop of the season, I don't think you can go much wrong by picking a Chelsea player in the last 12 months. That tends to be the way it goes. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of... I've only got a couple to offer up here. I don't know whether you've got any. No, go on, you start. Um, I've got De Sarsi at Chelsea. Okay. Heavily linked to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And I always said, he's 25 years of age. I don't know anything about him. Now, that's very weird for a veteran of championship manager and football manager to not know about a 25-year-old French centre-back. Not that that's my speciality on mastermind, yeah. French centre-backs in their mid-twenties, um, more French supermodels in their mid-twenties. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. But um, no, I don't know much about this player. And I think if he'd have come to United, that was always a red flag. Right. At 25 years of age, don't know much about him. So I'm putting him in there and I've got to put in... Uh, well, I'll... Uh, I've got to put the open goal choice in. Go he'd, he'd miss it. Havertz. Mm. Do you know where I'm going to go with this? Go. Obviously, you putting the definitive stake into this, but I'm actually I'm looking at Manchester United, oh. and I'm and I'm worried, and I don't want this because I'm a positive person, and I want this move to go well. He's Brighton. <laughs> I want uh, this person to do well, but I'm looking at Mason Mount. I just fear with the seven yeah. on his back, the fee, yep. and preseason doesn't mean anything. But obviously, he's got his feet in the muddle on that. He's a. Weird, I got to say, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it is amongst the fan base. It's it, a lot of people would agree agree with you, which is weird for a new signing. I'm not pandering. I just look at Mason Mount and I go, I can't. I mean, I trust the manager and yeah. I hope he does really well and I want him to do really well. But every time I see him running around in a Man United number seven shirt. I'm still seeing blue. Yeah. I'm still see- he's a Chelsea player. I just I can't. And this happened with Van Persie and it took a bit of time. He's got to hit the ground running because he's got so many people against him already. It's a weird, I just think it's, it's, it's one of those signings that a manager makes and it's a bit like Solskjaer and Maguire. It's got to work because there's so many eyes on it and I'm not comparing Maguire to Mount in any sense, but it's got so many eyes on it, but um, you're not going to sway me on this. I'm going to, right. Havertz, as long as, and I know I mentioned pre-season, but as long as you're not judging Havertz for the skills competition he did in the MLS, as long as you're not 
putting it. He's all already down got to it. That. If we go with that, yeah, couldn't it be the ocean from Hogwarts? <laughs> no, I think that just a few others I'd throw in there is, and I, I was looking at the community tab for this from some of your suggestions. Uh, Sir Bosley was mentioned. I mean, he, he's an unknown quantity in the Premier League. Uh, I think that Vardial got mentioned because of the value of it. It's a very, it's a lot of money for a centre back, but I actually think he's pure class. I think when you're looking at flops, you are looking at it always tends to be the the high value players as well. And I think Havertz at 65 million. Look, I trust Arteta, not because I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm not, but I think he's he's a good manager. But that Havertz thing, it doesn't, again, it's a bit like their Mason Mount. And he he doesn't, and it's funny, there's always a Chelsea connection in the flop of the season. You mentioned Mount, I've mentioned Havertz, Desarcy. Flip a coin, I'm going to go, I can't go Mount. Um, I'm going to go Havertz on that one. Okay, mate. Uh, where do you want to move to next? Obviously, we had your Premier League prediction video, which came out. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm happy to talk three about Three Madri Mark, but there were some predictions that we sort of left off. We'd done signing, we'd done flop, but the, the final one I wanted to look at was um, first manager to be sacked. Yes. Well, I think we're both in agreement here that uh, it's going to be Pep. He's going to get battered by Burnley. Can you imagine if Pep left this season? It would be, I think football would end. What, if he sat, got sacked? Yeah. I'd love it. I know you would love it. You're a Man United fan. I he know. runs a Man United publisher. Pep's been sacked. Oh, oh, oh no. It's, what it's, a, what's it's a great so, shame. Oh, what a horrible thing. Imagine Pep gets sacked and then he'd the go, next he'd day... Be, he'd be off to Saudi. He's definitely the sort. Imagine Pep gets sacked and then the next day Qatar gets announced finally. He's definitely off to Saudi Arabia. I don't think he is. Oh, he's he going to be a national manager. He loves an easy job. Oh, come on. Don't, don't be slandering Pep. He loves an open checkbook and an easy job. Um, let's start with who's going to get sacked first. I think... We we're going to caveat this with there's well, a leave. It's not sacking's not leaving, is it? Because I think we're both thinking about the same guy. Uh, yeah, well, we're both speaking about Lopetegui at Wolves. Yeah. Tough job, lots of FFP pressures. They're selling their best players, um, known for sort of being so defensive. Nathan Collins is gone. Play Man United on Monday Night Football. <laughs> Give me the points now. Stinks Give me the one, points. One nil Wolves. That. Um, so I think we're saying Lopetegui's going to go first. So yeah. who do we think will be sacked first? Who do we think's not going to live up to expectations as manager? The one I worry well, I'm, I'm not going to say what you said about Roy Hodgson because I think that's just horrible. So <laughs> I didn't say it. I said Roy's a great manager and he's wise like an owl. That's all I said. One I think that the pressure's going to build upon is um, who sort of didn't get so, away with spends it. most of the day asleep. Is, uh, <laughs> like an owl. <laughs> is uh, Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Just because the owner there can be... He backed, yeah, he backed him last year, gave him the contract, and that was fantastic at a time when I think they'd had quite a few defeats in a row. But I just feel second syndrome in the Premier League is a real thing. Second but, syndrome or second season syndrome? Second season syndrome is what I meant to say. So I think Steve Cooper's in there for me, but there's some other names about. Who are you thinking of? Yeah, I think that's a good one because uh, in that first season, I think the Forest fans would have gone mad if they'd sacked him because yeah. he, was, he lost most of his team, didn't he? you get away with sacking them if they have a bad season this year. Um, I think you've always got to look at... Look, Luton could do it. Sheffield United could do it simply because it's the Watford effect, isn't it? Where you just sack somebody, but they were always going to be crap. Yeah. Um, I think David Moyes is an interesting one if they have a bad start. Um, uh, I don't think anybody from the top is really in massive danger. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like Potch or the Spurs coach or Jurgen Klopp or, or, or Brighton. But you say Poch, but like Ted Bowley, I mean, spent all that money on getting the whole of Brighton to Chelsea only to sack Potter a couple of months later. It could happen, but I think I think we're thinking here sort of first couple of months, aren't yeah. we? Who's gonna get who's gonna get the knife? You know what? I'm gonna go with your re- I'm gonna go with your choice. Really? That, that you won't dare commit to. Um oh. 
because I'm, I'm, but I'm going to go for a different reason. Uh, Roy Hodgson. Right. Because I predicted Palace will get relegated on my Premier League predictions. Yeah. So um, I just think that they've not done a lot in the transfer market and a few bad results for them down near the bottom. He was a short-term... I don't... I'm never a big fan of interim managers becoming full-time managers. And I know that's not really Hodgson's history, but he was brought in to keep them up. Oh, stay for another year. It goes bad. You're not part of the future. Bang. One thing, one not, note. Not, 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 the, not the slamming of a door in his face. That wasn't the bang of a door slamming in his face. That was just like, you're gone. Okay. One name that's not been talked about, that has been talked about on social media, is David Moyes. A lot of speculation saying that he could be out the door first. They've, I think they've just got sent a centre midfielder through the door to replace Declan Rice. Yeah, ridiculous that David... I mean, look, last season, quite rightly, was a lot of West Ham fans unhappy. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. And at the end of the season, they actually finished 14th. Yeah. And they won a trophy. But that's the thing. Like, you're a Man United fan. You've had loads of days out. I'm a Birmingham City fan. I've had one day in the most recent history where we won the Carling Cup. And I still talk about it on a daily basis. If you should be a legend there, shouldn't he? Who? Moyes should be a legend of West Ham. Oh, I thought you said of Birmingham City. Um, No, yeah, I think, yeah. If you win a European trophy, no matter what the scale, what the level, those nights, those days are just memories for a lifetime. And... That's what football's about for me, Mark. And that's why we're trying to save it. Don't sack David Moyes until he's bought Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay. So I'm, I'm pro Moyes. Oh, yeah, because he'll bring those boys in, money. Yeah. Bring the old boys back in. So spend, spend all your Declan Rice money on that. In fact, we'll throw in another player for you as well. We'll throw in... Martial? Yeah, 100 million. Yeah, Take all three. Yeah. So final word on this. Who do you think will be the first manager to be sacked this season? Um, what are you going for? I said I'm going to go for Steve Cooper. It's a good call. The great thing about this is that it's all there for you to listen to and, and watch and remember. Um, I'm going to go Roy Hodgson. Right. Okay. Definitive there. So then um, next section, we're moving on towards the, uh, well, what my new favorite section of the podcast, even though it's a first uh, section of it, it's Goldbridge Saves Football, but it's all about opinion. And we want your opinions as well. And we've got this uh, section, which is driven by... Well, I don't know whether we can give anyone a shout out. I know what yeah, we're yeah, talking about. Down here, yeah. Well, I quite like Agony Bridge as well. Agony Bridge, yeah. Let us know in the comments down below. Uh, but we asked you on our community tab to get involved and what do you want football saving from? And that can be anything. We're talking top line business. We're talking you had a dodgy pie down at Fleetwood Town the other week. Get in touch. Um, so we've had loads of opinion, but a lot of it is around uh, Sigros 7, uh, Braham Lamb. Uh, got in touch but a lot of it is about what Rafael Varane was talking about yesterday too much football not enough time off for these players time being added on at the end too many games is there too much football Mark do we need to slow down 100% I think uh, basically Rafael Varane has said about player welfare and mentality I saw this in the World Cup and what we're talking about here is is it just another big mistake by UEFA and FIFA bringing something new at the start of the season? They're talking about an extra 10 minutes at the end of the 90, probably another five minutes at the end of the 45. That's another 15 minutes on a 90-minute game. And I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it, how, how many games players have to play these days. And look, I wouldn't normally necessarily have this stance because well, 200, 300 grand a week, but we are the consumer. Yeah. There's a lot of money in football and that's what and footballers should get it. And there's loads of money in football, but we're also the consumer in relation to quality. And I think about, you know, being at a game on a Wednesday night and, you know, instead of it finishing at around 10, it's finishing around 20 past 10. 
People have got trains, planes and automobiles to get home. And I think it will dilute the quality as well. I think the quality of football, we need to be finding ways when we're making them play so many games, there's going to be a Champions League tournament in the summer. I mean, World Even Cup the Champions last... League format's changing to be like 340 games. games and a league format and just... And, and they say they want to... You know, the, the whole thing with the Super League, which obviously rightfully got taken out, was like, we want the best teams to play each other. But you don't want that because you want these fixtures to mean something when it comes to it. If I see Man United versus Liverpool eight times a season, I don't give a flying hoot about it. No, exactly. And I think it's like, it's the typical... I mean, I've seen Howard Webb smiling at Wembley last week. I don't know why I'm bringing him into it because I think he's got some It's nice role. that he's smiling though. Yeah, but, but ultimately, I think if he, they do one good thing yeah. and they think they've solved it. You haven't solved VAR. No, but the thing is, so you mentioned the FIFA World Cup. When VAR was at the World Cup in 2018 for the first time, yeah. everyone, we, we all came away with it and said that was really well executed, really well we've done. we messed it up. We bring it to the Premier League, you let Mike Dean in charge of it. I mean, it absolutely goes to tits. The EFL, I mean, the refereeing down there, I, I mean, I could do a podcast on itself. It wouldn't do very well, but I could talk about it for all day. I think the way we bring, and now the minutes being added on, 12, 13, 14 minutes, we just do it wrong over here. We're not doing it right. It's not for, I think that after the time they try and do like statement pieces to be like, right, we're bringing in this rule. Right, make sure you add on 23 minutes because we really need this rule to be effective. We just execute everything wrong in this country when it comes to refereeing. Fix VAR first. Anybody can get somebody pregnant. It takes a real educated person to bring a child up. And I think <laughs> VAR is... Sort of like we fixed VAR because we said we fixed it. You haven't. It's going to take years to get VAR. You've got Arsenal could say we could have won a league because of that line against Brentford. Casemiro getting two bloody red cards. And now we're going to add more minutes. Like the game is broken. We, we are still going to get, Brighton had it last year. We're still going to get loads of bad VAR decisions. And now they're adding something that's just going to annoy the fans even more. I like the NFL. They play one game a week for four or five months and the quality is peak. Yeah. We play three games a week and now we're trying to add more minutes. We're diluting the product to make more money yeah. because football is about money. I want the quality up there and I don't, and I, I'm, a, I'm with Rafael Varane on this. He's a guy who's retired from international football who wants to focus on his domestic career, wants to play less games. And then he sees this threat. And it's a great point as well. If you're a footballer, I do it as a fan. You're winning a game that you shouldn't be winning. It's the 82nd minute. You're winning 1-0 at Anfield. They're, they're all over you and you go eight minutes and it's the 90th minute. It's a psychological thing for a fan. So it must be for a player. You hit 90 minutes. You think we're nearly there. Oh, added 11. And you go, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think that there's a, there's a danger as well, obviously, in relation to injury and everything. Look, Will, the, we're here to solve football. What would you do? Because I know what I would do to solve this problem and it wouldn't be added minutes. No, I just I think the, the stopping of the clock needs to be executed better. I think referees just need to be more assertive in the way they execute it. I think when it comes to games, we really need to start cutting back on that and be clear, like with this Champions League format coming in. You mentioned the NFL. It's a great point. I don't want to blow smoke up your... But I think the way that they do it, when that season comes around, you're so excited yeah. because even when it goes down to the last game of the season and your team might not have something on it, because you know you're not going to get football for another nine months, American football that is, you are just so excited to go to the game and for the quality of it. So I just think we need to slow... That Champions League format needs binning off because, sorry to mention football it. manager again, you look at that, it's like an absolute mind 
I think we're going to do a section on this in a few weeks about the new Champions League format, maybe when the Champions League kicks off again, because it's an absolute nightmare. But you know what I would do? Goldbridge Souls football, instead of adding 11 minutes on at the end of the first half, because you think that's how much time's been wasted, stop the problem. Stop the problem. Go and stop the problem. If Newcastle goalkeeper is messing around, don't add a minute on. Give him a yellow card. Yeah. If the ball goes out of play and they're like wiping their hands and waving at their misses, have a clock, stop clock, 10 seconds to take that throw in. If you don't, you get a yellow card. And we will keep the game around 45 and 90 minutes and we'll stop that straight away. Because, you know, the best thing about this is add 11 minutes on, Newcastle and everyone else are still going to time waste in the 11 minutes. Stop the problem at source. It's so logical. But unfortunately, Goldbridge has sold football because these prats haven't got a bloody clue what they're on about. Well, and just finally on that as well, um, Rafael Varane speaks about this as a World Cup winner. We're going to go to a World Cup with 48 teams and who knows where that stops as well. We'll be qualifying for the World Cup. Solly Hull will be there. Solly Hull, yeah. Get them, yeah. Get them the as an independent the country. country. Hull. You think yeah. you could lead them to glory? Ridiculous. But we've got some more, Will. Yeah, uh, we'll go for some... Agony Bridge. I like Agony Bridge. I think that should be the name of it. Um, I am in agony sometimes, you know. I'm, I'm in absolute agony. I despair at some of the bad things in football. Well, you're getting old as well, and that does come with age. Yep, you become much more of a moaner. Yeah. I don't believe it. Uh, you need to start going, but le- le- less of that. Um, back. Jordan, Jordan Woodley, 3186, got in touch, and he said, I'm worried about the golfing gap between the rich clubs and smaller teams. As an Ipswich Town fan, it's tough to know that even if we make the Prem, you're competing against... All this oil money being pumped into clubs like Newcastle, City, even Villa, and Arsenal spending obscene amounts of money, it will stop to make it will start to make the top four and six unbreakable. I fear. Sounds like my granddad golfing, moaning about oil. You know. Well, he's got a point. As a Birmingham City fan, I sit here and like you know you dream of getting back in the Premier League, but what? But, you, but your best way back in is through money and Tom Brady and all that. That's the only way to do it. We're doing it the right way at Birmingham City. Yeah, you're not the the, the thing about football now is. It, 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 whether we like it or not. And look, Man United haven't been bought yet, but logically, Man United's best hope is Qatar because they're the only one who wants to buy the whole club. They clear the debt, they pump money in. It's the only way to compete with Man City who do that. It's the only way to compete with Arsenal who do that. And if you are a club outside the Championship or, or the Premier League, then honestly, you know, you even Brighton spend money. They're not anti, they're not, you know, they're not superheroes, Brighton. They, they, they do it in a really admirable way. They've got this amazing scouting technique, which every club is probably going to take a year or two to catch up with, but they do still spend money. They sell really well as well. I think Brighton's the way to do it. Um, Infrastructure is really important, but ultimately look at the Saudi Arabian thing. You've got players now going over there who previously are doing things that would be, you know, I would never do that. And they're doing it because of money. I think I think football is about money. The NFL is about money. We've mentioned that. Um, High-level sports will always be about money for the foreseeable future unless really draconian money laws come in. It's just what it is. Yeah, we'll do one final point on this. But one thing to mention as well, um, Paul... Paul Esper says, could we discuss what we love about football as well? Just a thought. Well, that is an interesting point, Paul, because we want you to get in touch with how you're saving football. Maybe there's a a narrative developing in the lower leagues that we don't know about and we want to shout about it as well. So feel free to get in touch with those sort of things. Um, SWJ says, the football opinion that winds me up the most, Mark, is we need a salary cap to make it fairer. One, we don't need to make it everything Americanized and change everything to make the same basic model fit. Uh, the content for this is all our history and tradition. So do we need a salary cap? No. 
I think people, if the way that a salary cap would work, people, the dark arts would start to get a little bit darker and people would make their way around it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you look at, if you look at youth football, you know, there's, there's rules around scouting and you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And it goes on. And what I mean by that is, you know, there are little backhanders and houses that appear and stuff like that. And that's always been the way. And if you put a salary cap on of hundred K a week for every footballer, there'll be other things going on. Um, yeah. And also the thing I've always said as well is it's immoral that a footballer gets 500 K a week and a heart surgeon gets a lot less, but ultimately there's not a hundred thousand people watching somebody do open heart surgery that that money is in football. That money is in film. The morality of a footballer earning a lot of money compared to somebody who's saving someone's life is a, is a good point, but the money is there. And I firmly believe that the people who should get the money should be the players because that's they're the shirts you buy. They're the people that you want to score the goal. Um, we should protect that. And when we've spoken about players playing time, but no, I'm not, I don't know, Will, I'm not for a salary cap. The, 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 something needs to happen, but yeah, I mean, look, footballers are, I, I, the counter argument is that footballers have just become like rock stars, haven't they? You know, can they, can they really relate with the, the normal fan who, you know, lives, breathes and, you know, absorbs every result when a footballer loses a game. I'm yeah. still a millionaire. But even that, the rock stars bit, that's twofold because we get Jack Grealish and then all of a sudden everyone wants everyone to be like Jack Grealish when that they are athletes. They're not here to be entertainers. And then some footballers get involved in content and stuff and you're like, probably don't need to do that, mate. You're probably just a little bit boring. So just yeah, there's plenty of those. Plenty of those. Concentrate I can on give the football. My top five ex-players that are boring and shouldn't even be in the industry. Save I'll start, it. I'll start off with ex-Manchester United fullback. No, not joking. Um, but no, there was a good point there about what you love about football. I'll tell you what I love about football and yeah. I never, ever lose it um, is, is what's happening this week. You know, Birmingham City. Cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for the Premier League to start. You know, whether it's Man City, Burnley on Friday or the three o'clocks, match of the day, opening weekend, football back. And I know it dilutes itself over the season and reality bites, but I just love football. I love football. Well, yeah, my season started last week and I've just, you know what I'm excited for? Hope and optimism because I haven't had that for such a long time and it's really, it has affected my life. It's really reinvigorated me reinvigorated me this week and to know that Tom Brady's there and I'm going to go to Birmingham Leeds and... Look at Newcastle fans. Like yeah. they, I was doing my show last year um, on a Saturday night, people calling in and the amount of Newcastle fans, you talk about Newcastle and go, you know, they can't mess top four up, they need to get it and you get a Newcastle fan going... We're just enjoying it, Mark. We're just in. That's a terrible. Is it Jamaican? No, Geordie. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's it's incredible the the just how much Newcastle fans are enjoying it and loving it. And of of course, with that, you get resentment and jealousy. And I'm open to that. We are jealous and and re- resentment. But if it's your club, it's it's amazing. And you might have that at Birmingham. All you want is hope and optimism and a bit of excitement and a, yeah and transparency as well, which you don't get with every. It's a weekend away with your wife or yeah. or your team being taken over by a billionaire. Yeah, you just want a bit of excitement. Exactly, bring something new into it. It's a trip to Centre Parks. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about that. trip to Ann Summers. Wow. Okay. Not with what? the billionaire club. You taking owner. me to Ann Summers? Not you. Oh well. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to finish each week with a. Oh yes. With a. Well, you call it a quiz. It's not really a quiz. This is. It's a test. This is better. I mean, I've got loads of quiz ideas. I mean, I've got. If you want a game show for mainstream TV, hit me up. Uh, or a sitcom. I've got. I've got a lot. I've got. I'm full of ideas. People just don't listen. But you will be listening to this. This is brilliant. We are going to adopt 
at what I used to play this at school, and you can play it at centre parts because there's a chalkboard and chalk. It's football hangman. <laughs> it's not hangman. It's not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. Out, we're not dishing out some horrible um, old age torture. Yep. But what basically happens here is Will will have a name of a player. Yeah. I have seven, six clues, okay. and I'll ask him questions, and he will say yes or no. I have to guess the player by six choice. Yeah. But I get a guess after every question. He wins if I don't get it. Yeah. I win if I do. You can play along at home. It's per- It's almost like we planned it. It's perfect. It's perfect for a podcast. Mark, I can confirm that the name is locked in my head right now. Perfect. So my first question to you, Will, is going to be, is it a man? No, that's not really my question. It could be a woman, actually. Yeah. Women's football is doing very well. Women's World Cup, up the Lions. Yeah. S's. Lionesses. Yep. Um, no, that's not my question. Um, does he play in the Premier League? Does he play in the Premier League now? Yes. No. Ooh. You can add little bits on. Yeah. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to use my... I, I can guess every round, so yeah, I'm yeah. just going to say... David Ginola. Incorrect. Imagine if I got it. Uh, I think I'm just going to say David Ginola every week. Yeah. The first one. Uh, is he still playing? No. Okay. So he, he has played in the Premier League and he's not still playing. Is it a cotcher? No. Um, has he won the Premier League? Yes. Three choices. I'm going to go with Sol Campbell. Incorrect. Is he Europe? Mm. <laughs> is he English? Correct. So he's won the Premier League and he's English, and that's number four. I'm going to go. <laughs> he said Ryan Giggs. He's not English. He's, he's not Welsh. Um, I go. I, I'm going to go. My guess, David Beckham. Incorrect. Okay, so he's not playing. He's English. He's won the Premier League, and uh, did he play for Manchester United? Correct. Oh, you are so. I've got one left. English won the Premier League. It's Gary Neville. Incorrect. Oh, you should have done that. It would have been funny. Nah. Right. This is tough. I've got one clue left. I think we might we might need to knock this up to seven or eight lives in future. Well, you got you got six to start with. You got to play the rules. That I've you got dealt with. one left. You got one question and one guess left. And he's English. He played for Man- he played for Manchester United. Yeah. Um, is he a defender? No. And he's won the Premier League. And he's English. It could be Skulls. It could be Rooney. It could be a couple of other people like Beckham. No, you said Beckham. I said Beckham. It can't be him. I'm going to go with Wayne Rooney. Incorrect. Oh, it's Skulls. No. Andy Cole. No. Teddy Sheringham. Oh, Teddy, Teddy. I thought that was quite a good one. It's a good one. It was a good one. Because we, um, we, we did a pilot and you tested me out on Mark Overmars, didn't you? I did. That was a tricky one. We might need to get a bit easier next week. I tell you, Sharon, I'm doing it on your club. It couldn't get any more easier. I know. It, it, it's tough to do it in six. I think seven or eight. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll go. You're having six next week. So, so, yeah, really six, know. not sex. Don't get excited. That'll be another week without it. Um, Mark... You've solved and saved football this week. I really enjoyed it. Opinions have been, you know, we've put a nail in some opinions, but obviously we want people to get in touch, like we said, not just the bad, 
all the ugly, but the good as well, don't we? Yes. Um, obviously, this is the podcast. Please leave a, a like, a follow or a comment on whatever uh, podcast you are. We want it to do really well. It will be back next week. And keep an eye on That's Football YouTube. Um, this is where we're predominantly getting our comments for next week on the community tab there. Uh, but um, we will hopefully have uh, some other ways that you can do that in the future. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. Goldbridge saves football. Thanks, Will. No worries. Um, I think just get onto iTunes, get onto Spotify, drop us a follow, drop us a like, drop us a rating, drop us a review because it really helps us. It's just me, Mark, doing it, Ryan in the studio, all independent, and we need your help. Thank you very much. I'm sure you enjoyed it. Speak to you on the next one. Goldbridge saves football.